Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome back to Light in the Ghetto. It's your girl, Bree, the peace. <laughs> hey, it's Ashamina, the healing artesian. And it's Kay, the generational change agent. And we are back at you with another episode of Light in the Ghetto. We want to give a shout out to all of our listeners and our viewers who tuned in with us on our last episode as we did it live on Instagram. Um, we thank you so much. We appreciate you so much. And stay tuned to look for the next opportunity to interact with us live and in person. But we're back to our regular scheduled program and coming at you with a drag. So y'all already know the drill. And if you don't, ladies, wrap your hair, lay those edges down and try to preserve them fellas. Go ahead and wrap it up with the dewy. Okay, because this one is about to be a doozy. Okay, what are we talking about today? So today, um, we're going to be talking about seeking perfection. Um, and so when we're talking about seeking perfection, to me, the first thing I think about is in this walk with Christ that has been very <laughs> ghetto, to say the least. Quite rewarding, but very much ghetto, honestly. So it's like, yeah, it's it's one of those. Um, but I think about one of the things I've had to fight the most in this walk and learning more about God and learning more about myself, who he sees me as and how I have learned to see him and how incorrect that may be. I have been faced with the challenge of um, ridding myself of the feeling of seeking perfection. So um, I think in specifically what that means to me is just the idea that in this world like when we talk about like just worldly stuff uh, man has got us in the habit of seeking perfection always wanting to earn the view of perfection in the eyes of other people and I think that one of the most devastating things that I most recently learned <laughs> was that um, no type of well done that I want from God can be earned no type of grace that I want from him can be earned. No type of mercy that I want from him can be earned. It's all gifts that were given to me simply because I chose to believe. And I think that I end up sometimes in this hamster wheel of trying to do good things and trying to do good works, trying to be obedient, trying to do the next thing that I believe God told me to do, trying to be a good Christian, trying to, you know, do X, Y, and Z in order to gain the approval of God or to gain, um, the sight of perfection in his eyes and it's unattainable it's not real so one of the things that i've had to recognize um just even within the last week is just that i can't be perfect for god because he just didn't create me that way and so i just want to know is that something that is that something y'all be struggling with too or am i the only person out here striving for um impossible perfection uh, i definitely struggle with perfectionism and it came back up um maybe like a month ago I thought it was something that I I don't want to say got rid of I delivered from I guess or I thought that I didn't struggle with it anymore um I'm very hard on myself and then even like with this um upcoming transition um I was in, it was taking me a long time to accept my new position. And a part of it, I had to, you know, get with God, like, why is this so hard for me? And then trying to be very transparent, like he already didn't know, but I think it was more so for myself. But I was like, you know, God, I'm afraid to fail. And then I was like, okay, well, why am I afraid to fail? And I was like, well, I just don't like making the wrong mistake. I don't like making the wrong decision. I don't want to 
not be good enough for the job. And then I was like, okay, God, I just want to be perfect. Is that, is that too hard to believe? Like, I just want to be perfect. So sue me. And then after I said that, he was like, now get in the Bible. And I've been doing a devotion about perfectionism. And a lot of what you were saying, Kayleen, I can agree with. And then just remind, being reminded that um, his grace, I don't have to work for. Um, his mercy, I don't have to work for. And in our Bible study, we were talking, you were saying how like each morning he renews us with his mercy and his grace. And for me, grace is really hard to, and even as I say the word conceptualize, because we're not supposed to conceptualize God. <laughs> But it's, it is hard for me to understand because it's like, so I don't have to do nothing. You just give it to me. But that need to, or that want to strive or strive to still do good or like work to feel like I deserve. Wow, Lord, just dragging myself here. But like that, the feeling that I need to deserve his love or like his approval. Um, I don't want to make bad mistakes. I don't want to make wrong decisions and stuff. So one of the, uh, it's the B attitudes, but I, I'm not going to say the whole thing because he literally convicted me at the very first line. It's Matthew 5 verse 3, and it's God blesses the poor who realize their need for him. And like when I read that or when I was convicted on that specific part, it was about like I'm being poor in finances, but also like poor and I'm not broke, y'all, but being um, <laughs> poor in finances, but also like poor in spirit, poor in obedience, poor in faith, like the reasons why I I'm struggling with perfectionism is because I'm being I'm poor in having faith in him and that feeling to feel like I deserve some or like I don't deserve what he has for me and he blesses those because now that I'm realizing that's where I am I'm asking him to fill my cup and he is doing it so yeah I will say I also struggle greatly with perfectionism because I like things to do, to be good. I like to do well. Um, sometimes it can tiptoe into people pleasing as well. And I just feel like, Jesus, I ain't do nothing wrong. And I get into that comparing my sin with other people's sin or low-key judging people for doing things how they do them because it's not how I would do them. And I think that they should do it this way we're really just judging myself because I didn't meet the mark that God set for me. So my perfectionism often kicks me because it puts me into this battle or conflict with myself of trying to meet this expectation that man thinks that I should meet, but also what I think that God thinks that I should be doing. And all he really wants me to do is just to have a relationship with him, just the simple things. And it's really hard for me to remember that because I think by knowing his word verbatim or going to all the Bible studies, going to church every Sunday, tithing, doing this, that, and third, all the traditional things, and I'd be missing the mark with trying to be perfect because, wow, I'm not. And he reminds me of that every single day. Yeah, I just, I think that like, there's so many, there's so much reinforcement in just the way that God operates that tells us that, hey, stop trying to be 
perfect, right? And a lot of times we talk about striding versus striving. Um, and Ashley, you talked earlier about that too. And I think that's why there's so much emphasis on striding instead of striving, because when you strive at some point, once you get mature in your relationship with God, you'll have to recognize that you are striving for what? Because it's all, it is a meaningless strive. You're, you're striving for what? Because you can't earn it. God's grace is undeserved, unmerited, <laughs> and it's unearned. So you're striving to do what? But when you stride, um, it puts an emphasis on the perseverance necessary to carry out what God has for you to do. Um, but in doing that, he says that even, even in doing a perfect work, you will fall short. And so when we talk about having a fear of failure and a fear of failing, you will do that. But understanding that was a part of the perfect plan. Um, and I think that man teaches us that perfection is void of mistake, void of failure, void of, you know, just like all these different things. But when we talk about, I think, and we say it so frivolously that like, oh, God wrote the plan, right? Like that's written in the plan. That's what God has for me. That's what God has for me, right? Not understanding that like that time that you felt like that was failure and then it ended up working for your good when it says that all things work for the good of those who love. God understanding that in that your perceived failures were calculated into the perfect plan and will of God. Um, and that's why it's his will and not our own, because when we follow our own will, we fall short every time. But when we fall into his perfect will, that's why it is referred to as his perfect will. Even in your mistakes, it's perfect to him um, because it's exactly how he wrote it. And when we get caught up in the idea of striving for something versus striding, um, which and I believe I watched a sermon like a while ago. Um, and I think and forgive me if I'm wrong, I think it was from Pastor Michael Todd, but he talked about um, ambition being dangerous to have um and how when you start to have ambition and you start to strive for things you you start to come up with these own goals and these own your own ideas of how things should go and you start to have ambition for things that weren't written for you and i think it's also important to make um, a delineation between ambition um having ambition for things and having vision that god gave you because i think sometimes in that conversation we can mix those things up when we say well if we can't have ambition, then what are we working towards, right? Like, how do we set goals in Christ? But those are the things I believe God gives to us as vision. And then he follows through with instruction um, and their vision for things that are part of his will, not your own. So um, as far as like specifically looking at the area of striving for and having ambition for perfection, where do you guys or what areas do you guys uh, find that it's most difficult for you to stop doing that? in your walk with God currently? Ooh, that's, ask the question one more time, because that's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in relation to um, having ambition um, or striving for something or seeking perfection, where do you find that you're finding the most difficulty um, in like stopping doing that in your work with, or your walk with God now? I don't want to say everything because I feel like that's my answer all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm such a holistic person. So, <laughs> but I think that, I mean, honestly, everything. Like I want to be perfect 
with my fitness. Like I, I'm hard on myself when it comes to like my fitness goals. I'm hard on myself when it comes, I struggle with imposter syndrome when it comes to like school or work. Um, I want to be the perfect daughter in Christ. Um, and I have to stop it in all things (laughs) and it's hard, it's hard, but I know that the more that I learn to not do that with my spiritual walk, it makes it easier for the other facets of my life. Like when I truly spend time with God and I, and I remind myself that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and that, you know, he formed me, he knew me before he formed me in my mother's womb and all of those things. And that, that grace thing again, like just knowing that he just, gives it out like candy and it's just there for me to have that helps me that helps me feel more at ease or at peace or not want to be or strive for that perfectionism in the other places especially y'all have to read ecclesiastes and i'm gonna revisit it because the whole book solomon was just talking about everything is meaningless right so like you could live a great life you could live a bad life but at the end of the day it don't mean nothing (laughs) because god still loves you he you know he gives you your grace and all these things and so trying to and that's the word so trying to learn the word more and what that means and just having a relationship with god it helps me not strive or strive for perfectionism in the other parts of my life. But it's hard, but you know. So yeah, my devotion for this week. So I'll let y'all know next week. <laughs> um, I think the area in which I struggle most with is work. And not like my job, but just doing any kind of work and like interacting with others. Because I believe I'm a pretty kind, generous, helpful person, but I believe that I have to be the most helpful. Um, But that's also just who I am. I like to help. I like to be there for people. But I don't like to fail at it or feel like I'm not being as helpful as I can be. Or like if I see a need, it's like, if I could do it, why not just go ahead and help? And that for me is like trying to be so perfect that I'm pushing Jesus off the way saying that I can do it better than he can or trying to show in my work ethic that like, you can count on me. I'm dependable. I'm this, I'm that. And he's like, but, but who, what, what does it matter to them? What does it matter to you that you are the best or the most helpful or just whatever you think that it's supposed to be? Like, it it doesn't matter. And I really struggle with that struggle with just staying in my own lane and minding my own business because I really be trying to mind Jesus' business, trying to figure out how I can help his kingdom, help him help the kingdom and orchestrate all the things. And he'd be looking at me like, "Um, can I talk now? Is it my turn yet? And that, for me, is a huge, huge struggle all the time. All the time. Um, (laughs) um, I would say, for me, the biggest area that I struggle with um, the seeking of perfection or, you know, the ambition or striving for is lack. I think that we live in a world that says that lack is unacceptable. We are, our, our value and our worth is very much weighted and measured by like what we 
don't lack, right? Like, so what we have. Um, but God is the opposite I'm learning. Um, the strength you find in him is based on what you're willing to admit that you lack without him. And I think for me, I struggle greatly there because in the real world, I'm not one to be like, oh, I need help, right? I'm like, a, I'll make it happen. It, I, I would rather chew a jean jacket and paint a house with my eyelashes before I ask for help from somebody. Like I would rather cut grass with nail clippers. Like I would rather do all of those things than to admit I am lacking a thing. I would just put all of my resources and energy towards making that thing happen. And I think the biggest struggle for me in not striding, or I'm sorry, not um, not striving or not having that ambition is when I find myself in lack when it comes to God. Like I need something or he's asked me to do something, but I don't feel I have the resource to do it. Or he asked me to be strong in an area and God, I'm unprepared. Um, or he has an assignment on my life and I feel like I lack the leadership, whatever it is my relationship and the strength of my relationship with him seems to be built in what I lack and how comfortable and willing am I to create a relationship with him to ask him for the thing that he knows I need. Um, and so for me, it's been a complete like turnaround and not trying to have ambition, the ambition of having it all together because the, literally the strength in my relationship with God has been based off of Kayleen. I know you don't have it all together. And how many times are you going to run this hamster wheel before you admit it to me and allow me to help you? Um, and I think that's also a part of that, like striving for that perfection is like, I just want to appear perfect to God. If he asked me to go on this assignment today, I have all the tools, all the resources. I got it, God. I don't need it. I'll check in with you later. When in reality, that's not how he wants that to work. The way he wants it to work is I have an assignment for you. You have all the tools, but you have no idea what to do with them. And you probably won't until you ask me. And until you ask me, we're just going to sit here. And that gets me very uncomfortable. Um, so I would say for me, lack, being in lack, having perceived lack, because um, I don't think it's, it's actual real lack, right? Like God equips those that he called. So at the end of the day, if he called you, you will be prepared for what it is. But in our human flesh, like mind, he asks you to do something. You think the task is bigger than, and I think also sidebar, when God asks us to do things, I think we perceive it incorrectly. We perceive it as like, he's asking you to do it. When in reality, he's asking y'all to do it. Like it's you and him. It's like, Hey, I have this thing and I've called you to do it. I'm not going to ask you to do it by yourself. I'm going to be here, but you need to come in agreements that we're doing this together. Um, and so for me, when he calls me to do things, that perceived lack is what gets me every single time in like my strive for perfection is like, I want to be perfect for God. I want to be ready. I want to be the one he calls. And when he calls, I don't want us to have to have this time where I'm unprepared and I don't know what to do. I just want to be perfect for him in every way and do it when the success of my well done that I'm looking for, for him is truly not based in that. It's based in my imperfections. And that's very cringy. It makes me very uncomfortable to think about. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would have to say, that's what it is for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very ghetto. And as you were talking about like, or you kept talking about asking, it made me think about questions and how when we were in our Bible study, um, I was saying that I just got, this morning I listened to Stephen Furtick and he was saying how, like we ask all of these questions and we expect all of these answers, but sometimes we just need to ask God the right question or ask him 
to help us ask the right question. And I feel like that would help, at least for me, I think thinking about like when I heard that it made me think about that will help ease my need or strive for perfectionism because a part of my perfectionism is I ask him a million and one questions because I don't want to get it right. So I keep, I mean, I don't want to get it wrong. So I keep asking him the same question or a million and one questions. So I make sure that I got everything that I think that I need. But if I just ask him the right question and then have faith that he will give me the answer <laughs> when he will, when he wants to, and just be obedient, um, then I think that will ease it a little bit. And then, as I said that, I was just reminded about how my pastor said, when you get a divine yes, stay obedient until you hear a no. So like, with for me, like, again, for me, like the perfectionism piece is also asking a lot of questions because I don't want to make the wrong decision or make a mistake. And, and to even piggyback off what you're saying about like the asking of questions, I think that in striving for perfection to like in the, in, I hate to keep saying like the real world, but like, you know, in the world, we learn to ask questions to come off like we still know what we're talking about, if that makes sense, right? We learn how to ask questions that don't make us seem incompetent. So I think that sometimes we use that when we come to God, where it's like, how many questions can I ask him without asking him the real question? And then he still answered the question that I haven't asked yet. Um, And that brings me to what I read about in my devotional this morning. The verse of the day came from Matthew 6, um, 7 through 8. And it talks about how we pray. Um, and I mean, that's when I ask questions and stuff. So it talked about when we pray and it said, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words. And at the end of the day, before you open your mouth to pray, God knew what the question was. So like, we have to get out of the habit of trying to tiptoe around questions, believing that if I phrase this the right way, I can trick God into answering the question that I didn't ask. When in reality, you're babbling on saying a bunch of words, when in reality, he knows exactly what it is. He's just waiting on you to say that. It's like watching a person talk and you're wondering, what is the point of all these words? Do you have something to say? Do you have a question? Is there something you need? Because you're saying a lot of words and they mean nothing. In Ashley's favorite words, they're meaningless. It's like you're saying a bunch of meaningless words and they mean nothing. So um, I thought it was interesting because, I mean, in the Bible, it does tell us it doesn't give many instructions for how to pray and what to say. But it does say when you pray, stop babbling on about random stuff. Just ask what it is that you came here to ask because God already knows. And people think that they're praying correctly because they've used a lot of words, but you're not. It's crazy that you say that because a lot of my prayer will end up just being, God, thank you for reminding me X, Y, and Z, because I'll go in ready with a list of questions and then he'll just change my spirit to just thank him for reminding me like, girl, I don't already answered that. (laughs) Stop asking. (laughs) And I want to tie it all, both of what what you both said in, because my devotion was called Shut Up and Shine. And uh, it was Stephen Frederick's wife talking about how she talked too much. Like she'd be talking about anything. She want to be the one that is heard, just like the center of attention. Just I just have to talk. You, if you will listen, she will talk. And I think that sometimes when people are talkative like that, like you said, Kay, they want to seem as if they know more than they actually do. Um, 
but that's that's not always it and and to show people who you are you don't have to say a lot of things you don't have to say anything at all and i think that's jesus's constant reminder and that's what the devotion was saying like your presence speaks for you god god's light will shine through you farther brighter it'll speak volumes for you and you don't even have to open up your mouth to try to prove to the next person that you are perfect or try to even prove to yourself or God that you are perfect. There's no such thing. Just shut up and shine. I listened to that one too. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I listened to that one too. And I think that, and then that just also remind me how, um, when we were talking about, when I was, uh, talking about, uh, how my pastor gave us those instructions or whatever. And the first one about like how to hear God in the first one was sit down and be quiet. Well, he said, sit down, but sit down and be quiet. And so like, just also being silent and listening for God, being intentional of your quietness, but just listening for him because perfectionism I feel like is a symptom or like a I don't know if anxiety would be a symptom of perfectionism or vice versa but I feel like that's what it is and like when you have um, a bout of anxiety or fear it's a lot of racing thoughts it's a lot of imposter syndrome um, comparison and things like how you guys talked about earlier like people pleasing but then also like how society how you said Kay about society making it seem like you already have to know the answer even when you are asking a question um, and so I think that you know shutting up and shining <laughs> and just listening I think that that will also help I know we didn't talk about the advice part yet but um that just makes me that's what that that's what I think of um listening to y'all talk yeah I, I mean I definitely agree and even another note on the thing of asking like how we've been trained to kind of ask questions in a manner that makes the person you're asking think you know the answer already um I think that when we begin to operate like that in the will of God, it can be dangerous because I think of how how much of God's plan for other people, the blessings that he had for other people are embedded in you not knowing or embedded in your imperfections or embedded in what you think are your mess ups or screw ups and stuff like that. I think of how many times people have like, um, you know, messed up, but God used that for his glory. And so if we were always perfect, I mean, what, what is it that God would use to bring people to him? Because I, I just feel like it's crazy that we constantly strive for perfection. But I think, at least for myself, I can say, I think that comes from, um, like we talked about the old church versus new church. And I think a lot of that comes from when I was growing up in church, all of the people that were like held in high esteem in the church kind of just like arrived that way. So like I never saw anything other than like this like quote unquote perfect version of them so it was like mistakes were like whoa don't do that like don't don't be anything other than perfect and in order to reach a place like that in the church you had to be perfect also um and even outside of the church just just in the realm of christianity right like these people that we look at um and we see like oh they're really doing it like god is really using them oftentimes we only hear about once they got to that platform so like we never hear about what got them there so we don't hear about the imperfections that kind of nurtured them trained them and developed them into 
what we would see or we would deem as the perfect version of them. Um, so I think that there's also a lot of weight in not knowing because like there is somebody who is trying to develop a walk with God right now and is ashamed because they don't know. Ashamed because they don't know the whole Bible. Ashamed because they don't know all the answers. When in reality, that, that like you being able to admit that you don't know may be the road to salvation for somebody else. That may be what they needed. Oh, there's Christians out there that aren't perfect. Okay, this is something I can subscribe to. I could get with this magazine. Um, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, so basically, I just, I think for me, perfection, striving, and ambition have been some of the hardest things to, like, rid myself of and understand that it's okay not to have those things or do those things um, while seeking God. So for you guys to, you know, leave the listeners, um, what would you say as far as something to leave them with to help them or even help yourself um, to to stop engaging in that striving for perfection or thinking that you have to present yourself as perfect to God in order for him to use you or really anything for that matter? I would say for me, but also to share out, um, be transparent about it because it was even hard. I did it a few days ago, but it was even hard for me to just say, yeah, God, I want to be perfect because one, I know that I'll never be perfect. And it's like, a bad thing, I guess, to want to be perfect or whatever. But when I was transparent about it, then he directed me to his word. And then I was led to scripture. But then also perfectionism is also a behavior. And so you have to be consistent about it. And I'm talking to myself, like consistently taking that to God, consistently working on unlearning that behavior and like trying to, as soon as you feel like whatever you feel when you're striving towards that perfectionism, catch it. And then, okay, what can I do to unlearn it or revert the, the behavior that I'm doing or replace it or what have you? I would have to agree and also reiterate, create the place of need, let God know what you're going through and let him know that you're struggling with it. Um, like I tell him exactly how I think it, Jesus, you're going to have to help me because I'm struggling. I don't get it. It might not be my business, but since I'm in your business, help me to understand how to get out your business and to know exactly what you need me to know and remind me that I don't have to be perfect. So just be real with him. Keep it 100 and allow him the space to come in and help you if you're asking him for help with that. I would say I agree with the both of you. Um, for me, I would say don't be afraid to have now what moments um, because I told these two lovely ladies, uh, but I guess I'll share with you guys too. Coming to this realization caused me to have a panic attack and I was left with a now what moment because it was like a, a moment where I recognized that God was saying, okay, you can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't get extra credit. There's nothing you can do that will strive towards this perfection that you believe is real. So now what? Now what are you going to do? And I would say, don't be afraid of those moments because that is a part of the imperfection is that I don't have to know right now. I don't. What I do have to do is trust that when God wants me to know, he will let me know. And when he wants me to act, he will, he will let me know. Um, but there is like an unsettling piece, 
I know those two words contradict each other, but there is an unsettling peace in those now what moments. Um, but I would say don't be afraid of them because that's when God can break the cycles of how you think he's treating you. So then he can alter your behavior for how you treat others. Because once I recognize that God loves me without, with my faults and without expectation, I then felt that maybe it's okay for me to love other people that way too. Maybe it's okay to not make everyone strive for everything in my life um, and to work for everything in my life and to be perfect in my life, that there's actually some type of beauty in not being that way all the time. Um, so yeah, I was, but I would not have come to that if I didn't have a now what moment because I would have just kept striving for everything and trying to be perfect in God's eyes. But it wasn't until I had that moment of saying, okay, now what do you do? Now that you finally recognize that you can't earn it and you can't work for it and there's no amount of overtime that you can put in that will truly get me to love you any more, any less than I currently do, um, you will gain no more purpose uh, or promise on your life by reading your Bible plan and having a streak of 375 days. You will not gain anything more from doing that. So uh, what now? So I would say, don't be afraid of your what now moments, embrace them. Embrace them and take them in. That was good. And with that, that was another episode. Y'all been doing real great. Staying tuned with us, keeping it locked in. Um, yeah. I'm glad y'all survived. Yay. And another one. I think I should work on that. So I should say that every time. And another one. Another one. Yeah, work on it. And the Lord the Lord said that there's healing in the promised land. I don't know who that was for, but huh? why would yeah. you drag me like that? I'm gonna I'm gonna take my quick weave out tonight, but like you didn't have to help me yeah, so no. soon. <laughs> you didn't have to help me so soon. She but weave in a rubber band. I <sighs> no, I'm about to take it all the way out. Let it melt off my head in this shower. Damn. She didn't have to start helping me by ripping tracks from my head. You're going to do that tonight? Yeah. All right. See you at 6 o'clock in the morning for prayer. All right. Yeah. Well, guys, we got to talk to you later. <laughs> um, thanks, thanks for tuning in with us. It's Breathe the Peace. Ashamina, the healing artesian. <laughs> This came the generational change agent. And we'll see you later. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.